Welcome to a night of total terror. To the Undead Wookiee Podcast, episode 21, The Cabin in the Woods. I am your host, Hugh Lloyd. The Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly-ish podcast focusing in on horror and sci-fi, but there will be times where we dip into other genres because here at the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Now, originally this was going to be our Alien episode. However, we've pushed that back a little bit. Uh, So tonight we're going to cover... The Cabin in the Woods. And uh, before I introduce my partner in crime, let's check out the trailer. Everybody ready? Doesn't even show up on the GPS. Is unworthy of global positioning. That's the whole point. Get off the grid, right? Hello? I'm thinking this thing doesn't take credit cards. Time says closed. We're looking for, uh, what's it called? Tillerman Road. Not to get you there. Getting back. That's your concern. <laughs> This is awesome. Whoa, no way. (laughs) The lambs have passed through the gate. They are come to the killing floor. Seriously, believe something weird is going on. What is that thing? We have to stay together. This isn't right. We should split up. Yeah, good idea. Really? We gotta get out of here. And it is time to introduce my, I suppose, regular co-host now, Mr. Leighton Winston. Hello there. Good evening, Planet Earth. <laughs> How are we, sir? <laughs> All right, mate. Yeah, pretty good. Yourself? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm cooking in my attic. There's, I forgot to say, if you're any worrying, it's not my brain. It's the fan. 
<laughs> so, uh, so, so if there's any strange buzzing noise, tough deal with it. I am boiling. I'm not knocking it off. Look, we, we all believe that it's a fan that's making the buzzing noises. <laughs> yeah. The wheel's turning, but the hamster's long, long dead. <laughs> now, tonight, we are covering The Cabin in the Woods. And for once, this is a film that before tonight, I had not seen. So, um, I've seen... I actually, I actually suggested it to you, didn't you I? You did. You did. Originally, we were going to do Alien... But yes, I yeah. think I don't think either of us, in terms of mindset, were really there. No. So uh, to discuss penis monsters and Geiger. No. So, no, um, no. Instead, we're talking uh, Joss Whedon and yeah. Chris Hemsworth. So Andrew Goddard. Andrew Goddard, of course. Andrew right. Goddard. So I mean, let's let's look at this. Cabin in the Woods uh, was released two thousand and twelve. Yes. I can't believe 2012. Ah, but the film is the film itself is actually two year two or three years older than its actual release date. Well, originally it was February 2010 it was going to be released. Yeah, yeah it was it was made in 2009. It was due for released in 2010. And then MGM went tits up, didn't it? Spectacularly and, tits up. Yeah, and everything that MGM owned had filmed was stuck um, in production hell, shall we say. Yeah. Now, um, this is obviously directed by Drew Goddard. Yes. No. Now, Drew, God. Drew Goddard is now known as the bona fide force behind um, the Netflix, um, the, the fantastic Netflix series Daredevil based on the Marvel comics. Um. I've watched both seasons of uh, Net of uh, Daredevil. Uh, I think you have as well. I have. I've actually. I've got a fairly. I've got a, a nice collection of Daredevil as well. Um, I got all the Frank Miller stuff as well, which is ah oh, right, right, awesome. Is an awesome series of comics. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's what it's what it's what most fans wanted from a Daredevil film or TV show, wasn't it? You know. What are you trying Not- to say? The Ben Affleck one wasn't enough. The Ben Affleck one was a butchered um, <laughs> job of, of trying to adapt it. it, it look, give me, don't get me wrong, it's not a good film. It's not a good film. However, there are some very good points in the film itself. Yes. I will say, Colin Farrell as Bullseye was fucking inspired choice in <laughs> fairness. Because he's just having a ball, isn't he? He's just playing back on screen in fairness. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean, to watch him and you look back at it, you can clearly see he's having a lot of fun. Yeah. But in terms of career suicide, he kind of had his finger on the trigger there. Oh, he wasn't far off, was he? He wasn't far off. He and, was doing um, his Mel Gibson lethal weapon impression. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, was Ben Affleck bad, did he? I don't think he was bad in it. If, no, if I just I'm think honest. it's not a good film. No, no. And... You know, when you've got a classic cliche um, love scene of people rolling around on a on a rug and, and, and in front of a burning <laughs> fireplace, you know that that did make me chuckle out loud when I did see the film originally. No, um, Cabin in the Woods. It is produced and written by some no name. I've yeah, never really heard of this no, guy. He, he, this this guy's a bit of a geek, apparently. Um, you know, he was involved in something called Muffy the Vampire Layer. 
Um, <laughs> is that the version you want? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he was, he was involved in um, oh, what was that? What was that thing? Um, the non-British Avengers. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, uh, you know, of course, um, we are talking before we are attacked by hordes of nerds. Yeah. Um and I do have my geek card revoked. Uh, we are of <laughs> course talking the very very clever and very very talented Joss Whedon. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, let's be honest that first Avengers film is phenomenal. This uh, the scenes, the scenes in that film um are just absolutely brilliant. The, the guy is hugely talented. Um will he make Justice uh, Justice League um, it really well. We all know the circumstances was happening with Justice League right yeah. now. What's happened with you know the tragic things that have happened with Zack Snyder's family, etc. Josh Whedon's in and out to try and tidy it up and continue. You know, getting the film over the finish line. There are various, various, various reports coming out that things are not happy in Gotham City, or Metropolis. Well, yeah. And um, look. We've said it before, Batman and Superman, Man of Steel, they're not without their merits. I've said this repeatedly, the first hour and a quarter of Man of Steel is absolutely fantastic. I'd agree with that. I totally, totally agree with that. I think the opening scene on Krypton with Russell Crowe is phenomenal. Um, I think as the film goes on, it builds and builds and builds. It's just the last half hour 40 minutes and just total and utter unwarranted destruction it spoils the film entirely um batman superman again is without its merits there are some things that should have been just defecated and flushed down the toilet to begin <laughs> with and i'm talking about jesse eisenberg because i think as, gr- as good as good an actor he is he's terrible in that film yeah um i do I, what, you, you do get the feeling he kind of sort of you know he wanted to be, he wanted to be the big bad guy. But actually, what is intimidating and quite threatening about Jesse Eisenberg? Um, nothing. I said it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, and I thought Ben Affleck's Batman was phenomenal. In fairness, I think he's, he was the perfect choice. Right there. I like but... him. I like him as the old. I, you know, I, I love. You know, for me, I love Batman Year One. I love yeah. the older Batman. I love that meaner, grumpier Batman. Yeah. More that cynical, is yeah. Been there, done it. I've got the scars, you know. And I'm, I'm, if I'm honest, I'm getting he's not directing the standalone film because I think as a director, I've said it before. I think he's a, gr- oh, a brilliant he's hugely director, talented, hugely talented. You know, I think God be, I think the the trilogy of God be gone, the town, and you know Argo, they're just fucking they're, they're modern classics you know they really I, I think are, Argo, like... Argo and the Town are brilliant films I haven't oh. seen Gone Baby Gone though I, I haven't got it I, I, I haven't seen it yet it's on my Gone shelf Baby. it's on Gone my Baby. shelf I haven't got around to it Gone Baby Gone is, is is a fantastic piece of film really really is and it's and the one thing he always does Ben Affleck he always puts tight as well in his films as well right yes and Titus Welliver is one of those character actors that is hugely underrated. It's only when you actually see what he does, how good an actor he is. Like Now, the other thing as well, um, Joss Whedon sort of uh, wrote, was Firefly. I yes, he did. I love yeah. Firefly. I think I, it is a brilliant... 
Serenity was okay. I liked Serenity. I enjoyed it. But the series Firefly is just amazing. Can I put my... Uh, the people listening are not going to see this, obviously, but this is me putting my hand right up now. Um, <laughs> I own Serenity, but I've never seen Firefly. <gasps> and I... And I, re- I, I, I only reason I own it, it, there was a promotion on with Stellar Art for... <laughs> you could have... There was a list of DVDs you could have, and it was like, right, I haven't seen Serenity. Have you heard rave things about it? Love that. Had it, watched it, loved it. Thought it was brilliant. But never watched Firefly. I mean, what the hell? I mean... <laughs> no, the other, ah. thing, the other link, of course, with the Avengers is when we look at the cast here, we have got Kirsten Connolly in it. We've got a certain Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah. This early is, this on is, in his career. Yeah, it is, you know. And um, this is one of his early... Well, I wouldn't say his early, early roles, but it's one of his, you know, one of his first phrases into the Hollywood uh, production machine, isn't it? You yes. Know? <laughs> And after this, and, he did the remake of Red Dawn. Again, which didn't see the light the day for about four years after they made it. It's terrible. Oh, it is so bad. The original, I love it. I love the original a lot. Probably too much. Uh, which kind of, you know, because it's not a perfect film, don't get me wrong. But the remake, holy shit. Yeah, isn't it got the guy from... Um... Uh, the Hunger Games in it as one of the protagonists. Yes, I think. Yeah, I got to be. I watched it. I kind of blanked it out. Yeah, I kind of blanked it out. Now, the other <sighs> other cat members of the cast in this, you've got Anna Hutchinson. Yep. You've got Fran Kranz. Steals the film. He's absolutely brilliant in this. He's right. absolutely brilliant in this. Right. I think. I think we need something about this film that we we haven't discussed in any way shape or form i don't know what your thoughts on this film are you know mine yes you know mine yes but i don't know yours so this is this is (laughs) this is like an this is like an this is like an opening of a box this is almost well it could be you know is it going to be pandora's box or is it going to be the uh you know the one from hellraiser um Ironically enough, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, and um, I say I say Franz Kranz is the, um, the 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 main man in this film, but there are two other people in this film who every time they are on screen, they steal it. Yes, the awesome Richard Jenkins. Yes. And the even more awesome Bradley Whitford. Now, Bradley Whitford doesn't seem to age. Oh, he, he, oh well, if you've, if you've seen Get Out, he's, he's aged. <laughs> well, that's, but that's, but that's it's only recently. I mean, because he kind of, in this, he kind of looked the same as he did in Adventures for Babysitting. Oh, my where God. He, where he plays the boyfriend, <laughs> the jerk boyfriend. Oh, my, oh my God. Do you know, I completely forgot about that. Oh, my <laughs> days. Nobody fucks with a babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> That's mental. I completely forgot about that. Totally. A great film. They even did a remake of it, which I haven't seen, which just looks completely soulless. <sighs> completely soulless. But then I got... The, when I watched The Cabin in the Woods for the first time... It wasn't that long after I'd watched. Um, I'd had a knee up, and um, so I was I was housebound. I couldn't do 
couldn't do anything. So I was going through like the sky box sets on on the TV. Yeah. So people, I, West Wing was on there, right? And I hear people <laughs> rave about the West Wing, right? So I thought yeah. I'll give it a go, right? And I did it all, and I loved it. It was absolutely brilliant. So for me to put to start watching the Cabin in the Woods and then see Bradley Whitford in it, so through me so much, and to see <laughs> to see sort of his comic timing and you know his, you know being a bit of a prick, you know, and it was oh, brilliant, man, it was brilliant. It's, the two of them together are absolutely superb. <laughs> And, and they've both got a little bit of horror pedigree behind, behind the both of them, haven't they? Because, as we said, the aforementioned Get Out, Bradley Whitford is in Get Out. And if you haven't seen Get Out, get out and watch it because it's the best film I've seen in 2017, hands down. It is, it, it, is, it is incredible. It is an incredible it, film. And he it, is it, so it, uncomfortable in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, we won't go into it too much because we've possibly going to be talking about it in the future and um it, it's such a statement of here and now it's it's unbelievable it's genuinely unbelievable um yeah and um richard jenkins of course was in um let the right one in the yeah. um the the remake of um oh what's the swedish version uh, this the what's it is it let the right it one is in? it's like it's the let, let the right one in i'm sure it is i'm absolutely sure it is because that was the, the remake was called Let Me In. I've got it I on my shelf it. somewhere. I've got it on my shelf. So we'll we'll look at it up after. And, but how I'm sure somebody will will message us and abuse us for not knowing that on a horror podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, one of the obviously in terms of storyline, it's quite an interesting one. This because you essentially get, or what you think you're going to get, is a very very straightforward. Five young people go to a remote cabin where they get more than they bargained for. And you think, you know, when you instantly look at, you know, you're automatically thrown into the archetypes of horror. And yeah. you've got young people, you, they go to the backwards, the, the scene at the gas station. Well, yeah. yeah. Is, is brilliant. Yeah. Where you get the, you know, you get that. And then they go to the, they, get, they go to the cabin, which, you know, is straight out of evil dead it's straight <laughs> out of sam raimi's evil dead yeah um but obviously you've got far more going on yeah yeah um it's just it, it, the way this film sets things up um what well what i think is brilliantly um is the little little moments the ref, the little references, because it's it's like the ultimate orbit homage to um, all of the films that have been released in the last, say, 30, 40 years. Yeah, um, and you get more than that as well. You get, you, you, you get, it is the sort of, in some way, on, on one massive level, and this is, this is, this, um, this is kind of, kind of going to hint at where I'm going to land on this. On the surface, you get this like sort of ABCs of horror. And you get your you get your characters, yeah. And they even talk about the characters. Yeah. You get you know you got the jock, you got um, the smart guy who doubles as the ethnic minority uh, mm. in a horror film. Yeah. Um, you've got the jock's girlfriend, the sort of slutty girl. You've yeah. got the virgin. Yeah. Um, you so you got all of those things going on there. Yeah. You've got you know you've got the remote location. 
Yeah. Um, you've got the um, Relentless Undead. Yes. You, you know, you, it's all there. And, you know, and it's it's done really, really well. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think on the surface, you could look at it as a parody. You could look at it uh, on, the, on the surface as a parody. You could, yeah. Um, it, it follows all the genre tropes. Yeah. Uh, it's got, some of the humour in it is absolutely fantastic. I love the fact that it throws in, you've got um, Lovecraft, uh, Lovecraftian sort of nods in there, where it talks about the old ones, the deep ones, those type of things, and that they've got to, yeah. you've got to satisfy the ancient gods to keep them there. Yeah. Um, you know, and you've got, it does that sort of meta thing really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. But. Oh, here we go. Come on. Come on. There are times where I. Th- and I, we'll, we'll come, I'll, I'll try and hold my tongue a little bit here. And I'll save it for later. I think there are times where it's. They could have gone further with the horror. They could have gone. Or they should have gone further with the humour. And I think sometimes it lands bang in the middle and you just kind of go oh, 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 oh I just wanted a bit more of that but I got this and it's sort of oh. right you were frustrated by you then not towards the end yes and I'll come right. on to that I'll come on to the, to the end because I think the end is spectacular and I really really like certain elements of the end but yeah. I'll come on to that later I'll come on to it I'll come on to it later Okay, okay. Um, I <laughs> I think it's I think right. I personally I raved about this from the first time I saw it. Um, I started putting it on social media. I said I've just watched Cabin in the Woods for the first time, and it was a genuine fifty-fifty split. People loved it. People fucking hated it <laughs> with, with 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 every part of their being, and. I think it's generally because um, look, horror films can be funny. They can be proper funny, but scary at the same time, a la American Werewolf in London. Yeah. Or they can just be funny for being bad. And there's, look, you, you review enough <laughs> of that shit, right? So the rest of us don't have to. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, this, I think, hits that perfect balance between scary I think because let's, at least we forget right the, the, the scary bits aren't really scary there are some the funny... really good there are some really good scares in it and yeah the, you know, yeah and the, you the know, zombie family at the beginning oh my god I, like, who, brilliant. Who, who uses a bear trap as their main weapon I mean come on people you've clearly Let never see... been to Pontypool on a Saturday night <laughs> no I haven't no, no that's that's what that's one place I, I fear to tread shall we say <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah you know and and it's like on, 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 whilst you've got that unrelenting, you know, dead family attacking people in a cabin by the side of a lake in the dead of night, you're cutting back then to a control room of people who are watching it like a film, you know. But yeah. they're they knowing that these people have to die for the sake of civilization. But it's like the most normal. So it's like such a strange juxtaposition. A juxtaposition. But I will say, though, um, 
the part where they do like truth or dare and there's music playing and then um they they release like the pheromones and stuff into the yeah. room yeah and people start acting differently yeah. and there's music playing and it cuts back to the control room and richard jenkins and Bradley Whitford are doing a little dance like a dad dance to themselves yeah yeah <laughs> that scene creases me every single time i see it no you know you can see it's forced, isn't it? You know, but that's quality. So, I lo- so. And the other bit I absolutely love, and I is when they're in the they go back to the control room, and they're taking bets. Oh yeah. Now, when they're taking bets, did you notice who the intern was who shows up? The in- oh the one who bet on Aquaman. No, he wa- he wanted a bet on the zombies, and he's got long hair, and he was mega geeky, and he had his um oh, hang on. <coughs> oh sorry, I'm joking, but he had like the tank top on, and it's a nod to a certain program. I'm lost. No, I have no idea at all. The intern's name is, a, is he's an actor called Tom uh, Tom Lenk, and he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and oh, he was one of the three nerds in Buffy the Vampire Slayer who became Buffy's nemesis. Okay. And it was a nod back, and I really, really enjoyed that one. I love that was one of the bits where both because my wife loves Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yeah. and we both went, oh, it's so it's so, so, and I would have loved to have seen more of him in it. Although, you know, uh, I would have really, 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 because he's so good and he's so geeky and he's, it, 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 and it, I like that. That was one of the nods that I really, really, really liked in it. You can probably tell from your action that I've seen zero episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> um, other than the, the fact, the only thing I know about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that, that apparently it was very good. There was a spin-off called Angel, and one of the episodes was a musical, which is supposed to be one of the best TV shows ever released ever. So, you know. It's, that's about that's my Buffy knowledge. <laughs> that's, that's as much Angel, about it, that's I, as I know. I, Buffy's a great scene. There's a couple of episodes where you go, mm. but and and I think some of the some of the relationship choices that he uh, Joss Whedon wrote into the show, you kind of go, really? That's all a bit creepy. Um, but Angel's a good show. Angel's a really really good show. I quite enjoyed that. Um, but there was a nice nice nod there, and that was one of the things that I really enjoyed about this film. The There's, other thing uh, I have to say, yeah, bong mug. I, I'm amazed we don't see more of them on the streets, to be honest with you. Do you, do you know how much that costs to make? <laughs> About $10 or something stupid It was like $5,000 to make the bong mug. Shut the fuck yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, $5,000. I couldn't believe it. When I was like reading up, the, reading up with the film and everything, it was one of the things that like leapt out to me from the trivia. Five grand. Five grand. For a coffee mug that extends. Yep. Ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. Do you know, like, we had um, 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 movie psychiatrist subsection. We're going to have most expensive film prop section cropping up. Oh, in the yeah. Next I round. think that's something we're definitely going to have to look. So, at the moment, five, $5,000 for, for a bong mug. Oh, for God's sake, man. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, but again, it's one of those little things that I enjoyed about this film. And i got to say, I thought Chris Hemsworth was excellent in this. 
yeah, he, he is your um, he's, he is your sort of natural leader, isn't he? You know, um, you know the, the man, the, the the alpha male, then, isn't he? You know the. You know he is going. To, he is going to be the hero. You know, and he will outwit and survive. You know because he's a smart guy as well as being a very athletic guy. And, yeah, but I love know. the change in his character. The change How, in his character. Yeah, the, because obviously, at the beginning of the, even though he's sort of you know he's very athletic and everything else, he's yeah, still an academic. And yeah. they talk about that he's an academic. He's not, you know, he's not your like uber jock. But when yeah. they start putting the chemicals <laughs> into yeah. the room and he yeah. starts changing into that sort of yeah. really dull, overly masculine jock type guy, you know, and he's swigging from the whiskey bottle and get it, you know. Yeah. I thought yeah. I th- that was really, really good. And you could see that actually, even though he does the himbo really, really yeah. well. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you. I did want to punch him in the Ghostbusters remake. <laughs> uh, I actually, I actually thought he was really funny. Oh, but, I, uh, it, it was infuriating to to a point because he was he was that fucking thick when he basically the character I, was I, I that thick. Honest, like, I'm going to say this now, and I've had a I had a big debate with this uh, with somebody online, uh, Mr. Josh Legary from the horror uh, horror movie podcast. Um, I hated the remake. Of I Ghostbusters, not I because of the women, not because they were women. I'm not saying that now because of automatically what happens is if you say that you don't like the remake of Ghostbusters, you automatically become a sexist pig. It's not that; it just wasn't very good. So what you're saying is you're not James Cameron talking about Wonder Woman. Oh, 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 oh. oh how how stupid can you be? How stupid can you be? What a prick. <laughs> what what a penis oh my god i know like men say stupid shit all the time but i think at every single at, at anybody any man who's got an ounce of brain in his head at that moment you're on your own jim <laughs> hey i really enjoyed terminator 2 by the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah when yeah have we got to, have we got a film coming out james oh that's right you're releasing terminator 2 in 3d you know you're not trying to sell something then, is it? No, oh, all right, no, okay. No. The Smurfs come in next year, and they or the year after. Oh, or oh, let's not go back to Smurfs. Let's not talk Smurfs. <sighs> let's not get on to Smurfs. Just make True, true Lies 2. Everybody wants True Lies 2. Just make <laughs> True Lies 2. <laughs> Have you seen the trailer, mind you, for Killing Gunther? I sent it to you, didn't I? Yes, yeah. On, yeah. Bizarrely, oh, like... I was looking at it at the same time as it came through. It just looks bonkers. <laughs> Oh, I, I just hope it does live up to that trailer, because I, 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 was, I was physically laughing, and I thought, my God, I am laughing, not at Arnold Schwarzenegger, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's a funny guy. He's a, He's funny, a funny guy. He is, he is a funny guy. He is a funny guy. I'll give him that. But um, yeah, it just looks, looks, it looks mental. It looks yeah. absolutely mental. Now, yeah, we'll, we'll see, man. We'll see. We're going back to the cast. Fran Kranz, yeah, as Marty, yes, he does pretty much steal this film. Well, considering you think he's dead halfway through it, then yeah, <laughs> he takes an absolute beating. Oh yeah, this film. yeah, 
Yeah, doesn't he make reference that he perhaps doesn't feel as much pain because of all the drugs he's been taking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he if he hadn't done that, then it, I think he would probably be still crawling around, wouldn't he? You know, yeah. on the floor. And it is not, uh, not not removing you know what knives from his back or whatever it is that you know he's stabbed with, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's he, 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 and that's 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 what one of what one of the things I, that I really like is because you know those kids are going to die, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever whatever happens, those kids are dying, whether it's by um, the process that they're supposed to, um, whether whether it's um, if they change the the course of humanity or otherwise, right? Those kids are going to die, and. Um, it's quite nice to see that you know the pecking order sort of change from the first kill. Yes, yeah, you know, and um, it sort of changes the, di- the the dynamic, doesn't it? Yeah, and um, I, t- I tell you one thing that we haven't brought up, and the only reason I bring this up is because um, Chris Emworth's girlfriend is killed first, doesn't she? <laughs> yes, she does. Right, <laughs> when they go in through the tunnel, and it's that brilliant shot. Of the eagle flying. Yes. And it's flying. <laughs> and then it hits the force field. Yes. Right? I was, that made me laugh. Out I love that. I but... <laughs> also loved Chris Hemsworth's death. Yes. Because it's not just a case of he hits it. Yes. And then you see him fall. And it's a little, he just keeps falling. Yes. And falling. Yeah. Yeah. And you never, and you just keep seeing him just. <laughs> For. And you, at that moment, you think, "Oh, he dead. He's really <laughs> oh, dead. He's yeah. really, really, really dead." We're we're not going to recover the body. We're not going to find that. And, and and the thing is, that that moment is probably when he's at his most heroic as well, isn't it? Oh yeah, you you know, you know given the big speech. Yeah, he's, he's told speech. them what to do. And I'm, then, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this. I am going to save us. And the thing is, you sat there going, "You fucked me. You know, yeah. you you ain't going to beat the dome." No, no, no. But, um, oh, that that is brilliant. But yeah, that, like you say, you know, you've got um, the death of uh, Chris Hemsworth's girlfriend, then Chris Hemsworth, then Franz, uh, Fran Kratz, um yeah. supposed death, <laughs> you know, and then the death of um, Jesse Williams then, isn't it? You know, is the, the, the yeah. geek. No, I, that, that is, you know, in terms of that death, I, I thought that was a really good, that was a really good classic horror death. Yeah, yeah. And this is, this is, this is, this is, this is what I see as the beauty of the film is that every sort of genre um, is nodded to in certain aspects, isn't it? You know, like, oh, um, yeah. because, because this, this, this film was, um, this is something I don't think, a lot of people know this was this was made um and written as a reaction to the torture porn um era yeah from like yeah the hostile films onwards like you know the saw films you know um as i refer to them the gore for gore's sake yeah now i'm not i look i love horror hence the podcast yeah however i'm really really not a fan of the torture porn stuff. I just don't, I just don't get it. No. Um, I know it, it, it may, um, appeal to a certain graphic that, you know, they, because there are people out there who watch horror films because they want to see pe- people die in icky, sticky ways, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think when you're just torturing 
somebody on screen for the best part of two hours for the sake of doing that, then that's something that has never, ever sat with me. And I just think as a human being, you know, it, 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 that that is entertainment. I, no, it's not. I mean... I mean, obviously, I, I mean, we, I was going to bring this up later. If you think about, and, you know, recently, in the last couple of days when we're recording this, uh, Toe Pooper has passed away. Yeah, yeah. Now, people refer um, to Texas Chainsaw as, Massacre as being this massively violent, horrifically bl- bloody. It's not. No, because not at all. Actually, you don't see an awful lot. No, no, it's, um, it, it's, it's. Uh, very much of its um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is very much of its time and its place. Um, it's uh, during that the the, the late sixties, early seventies, mid seventies even horror films became more psychological, didn't they? Yeah, the, than, there is that rather, mo- there is that movement. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rather than having you know the guy jump out of the shadows and you know um, you know the monster mumbling along, you know the the thought process was much deeper. Well, um, Romero, you know, and, I, and I've talked. I can. We've. I've talked at length on the show about Romero's Night of the Living Dead, and yeah. really, for me, yeah. that you know is that is the advent of modern horror. Absolutely, the, you know, it Absolutely. is. There is that you know. There is the violence. There is that sort of you know that sort of move towards the more visceral horror. Yeah. Um, yeah. I- and especially with with that, it turned it turned the mirror on America, didn't it? Yeah, and filmmakers like Tobe Hooper, Wes Craven, Romero, they yeah. you know they took really really grisly, violent uh, motifs, but they they were clever with it. Whereas some of the torture porn is, I think, it's shallow. It's yeah. badly made. It's badly acted. It's badly you know. It's badly directed. Yeah, um, and yeah, and it, you know, and this is. The reaction to that. This is still a horror film. Um, it you know it plays two classic horror staples, um, but then it. I, 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 I know we're going on a little bit about this, but I'll give you an example. I watched the first Saw film. Yeah, I really enjoyed the first Saw film. Yeah, when I saw there was a sequel coming out, I thought to myself, "Well, why are they making a sequel?" And then I thought, oh, I'm not going to bother watching that. And do you know what? I'm glad I haven't seen a single sequel to that because that first standalone Saw film was was like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Well, it was clever. It yeah. It was clever. It was well, you know, it it was a clever, clever film. Yeah. Whereas and... the, 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 the franchise then became about bigger, bigger kills. Yeah. Gorier yeah. kills. It's yeah. like the Hostel films. It well, just became about, you know, I don't know how many things we could stick down somebody's japsai. It's just, it is just gore and uh, it, it just doesn't appeal to me in any way, shape or form. And of course, you know, and, and all of these films sort of lend in then to, uh, we've discussed this previously, like the, the, the extreme wave of like the French films that came out around the oh, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You know, you're talking stuff like Martha's and things like that, isn't it? You know, and, you know, it, the, it, irreversible. It, it, I, Irreversible is a beautifully violent piece of art that I would never, ever, ever recommend to anybody to go and see unless yeah. you want to. Go. It honestly, that film not only kills your inner child, it sets it on fire. It yeah. is, um, it is brutal. 
and, and, and look, you could say exactly the same thing about, um, let's say, for example, like a recent Tarantino film, can you? Oh, not yeah. stunning yeah. to watch, but you know at some point there's going to be an awful lot of people's heads blowing up. Yeah. But it's not done gratuitously. It's done to purpose the story. Well, Whereas, yeah, yeah. you know, Hostel and the Saw sequels and... Look, I, I've got absolutely no doubt some of those films and those French new wave uh, that came out, i got no doubt that some of them are masterpieces. It's just that... I don't want to watch it. No. For those reasons. I want to watch a horror film that goes back to, all right, it doesn't have to go back to the convention, but at least be, give you, you know, give you a little bit of fun, give you a little bit of scares, you know, and pay homage to what's gone on before. We're not killing people slowly, peeling their skin off bit by bit, and you're going to watch every hair yeah. follicle come out. That, that, that is not entertainment, I'm sorry. You want thrills, spills, and scares. You don't want to see someone stapled to the floor and used as a human carpet for the next <laughs> 90 minutes. I mean, for God's sake, like, rant over. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Coming back to Cabin in the Woods. Thank God for that. This was made for $30 million. Yes, it was. In the US, it only grossed $14 million. And no. it, worldwide, it went on to gross 56 million so it made its money back but yes. at the time it didn't make it it didn't find its audience it didn't know it's all it's only when it went out a wider release that i found its audience did you know though that this film opened the number one in the u.s box office it's crazy it is crazy when you think about it because that tells you that it probably went in the number one yeah the, the following week it probably went number four yeah number nine and then probably dropped out entirely. It just disappeared completely. Disappeared yeah, completely. It, which is crazy when you think about it, because, you know, for a film, the, sh- the sap, I nearly said shack on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> for a film, the sat on the shelf for the better part of two years, you know, it, there was an obvious audience there. Yeah. And, and I suppose the people that were going to see it went to go and see it. Yeah. Now, this film has got some massive highlights in it. And yeah. one of my favourite scenes is when they go down in the lift. Yeah. And then you got yeah. all the boxes with all the different creatures. Yeah. I've, have, you made, have you made a list of all the creatures? Not all of them, because I knew you would. <laughs> I knew you would. I, oh, so you know, I, so, you know so, me so well, honestly. So, so, you know, I, there, is, there is so... But my favourite one, and I love the gag... And it's just because I've got a really sad, silly, predictable sense of humour was all to do with the mermaid or the merman. <laughs> I thought that was a brilliant. I thought that I thought that was re- and the way and the way it play pays off. Yes, yeah, that was really good at the end. Because um, look, as we always say, if you haven't seen the film we're talking about, you should <laughs> not be. You shouldn't be listening to this. No, 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 no. You should have watched the film. But um, that scene when everything sort of, everything is released slowly but surely because everything. How can we explain that? You've got all those boxes that are in a lift system and they get released via, not all at once, but bit by bit. Yeah, they? yeah. And that sequence, that's almost as, that, that sequence to me is almost as good as the sequence in the Matrix when they walk into the foyer 
and they set the alarms off. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because it's, it's building and building yeah. and building. And, and then it's, exactly, it's pretty much the same sort of thing with the cabin in the woods. It's like, oh, I wonder what surprise is coming next. Like, you yeah. know, oh, look, there's a unicorn. A unicorn? Coming no. out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love those, those little bits. But for me, and this is the bit, this is where you're going to go, oh, my God. That final big showdown where it's all really kicking off, right? Went on for just a little bit too long. Really? It went on for just a just, just a little bit too long, and it kind of felt like a dress rehearsal for the big finale of the Avengers. When you look um, at the camera shots, you look at the angles, you look at the editing, and everything going on at the same time. Bang, 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 bing, 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 bing. It kind, it had that, it had that feel, and for me, it was just a little bit too long. I, I, I can see what you mean. I don't agree with you. If I'm honest, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I don't, because I thought the way everything was ex, was executed was done brilliantly. Um, because don't forget, not only have you got your main scene going on, there's a constant cut back to all the CCTV cameras. Yeah. And not every individual. I think, the, I, I think the execution of it is is fantastic, but but I think the overall film just suffers a little bit. No, in I'm... the same way that it did, did. Did I have enough horror? No. Did I have enough humor? No. I mean, for example, the best for me, the best horror comedy is Shaun of the Dead. What, better than American Werewolf? I think they're slightly different films. They're slight American Werewolf has got fantastic humour in it. Yeah. But that's in very, very small doses. And I think American... And I'm probably going to get pillared for this. Um, I think American Werewolf is a film that prioritises its horror over its humour. And the mm-hmm. humour feeds the horror. You're right. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, I I, it, I, I, I completely I completely get you mean, but it, and it brings it, the horror in American Werewolf, and I won't go into this too much because we definitely have to cover American Werewolf. Yeah, but yeah. Shaun of the Dead, there's humour throughout. Well, yeah, yeah, and it ba- and it, and it tra- you know it really does balance it, it balances it so well. Whereas sure, it's kind of like ah, ah, ah. <laughs> uh, it's like wrong. a fu- to you're quote, wrong. You're wrong. To You're quote wrong. my uh, my um, wife's grandmother, it's like a fart in a calendar. <laughs> it doesn't quite know which way to go because it goes, horror, got it, and it goes everywhere. And I think the overall film suffers from it a little bit. Uh, I no, I, I disagree with him there. <laughs> I, I do. I disagree with him. I, I don't agree with that. I and. The thing is, with Shaun of the Dead, is as as brilliant as it is, and it still is yeah. brilliant. In fairness, yeah. Um, yeah, it is funny. I never thought of it as scary in any way, shape, or form. I never have, never have thought I don't it. Think I've never it's got that sort of. It's not that sort of. It's not Exorcist level scary, but when you, I think when you look at that film, you re, it, it balances. It's got that sort of fantastic. Romero feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. And there are things like, you know, if you think about, even though lots of it is done in a very, very humorous way, think about the scene like when he's on the bus. 
Yeah. And, either, and, and yeah. you see the homeless person eating the pigeon. Yeah. Now we've yeah. all gone, oh, look at that guy. He's eating a pigeon. Imagine being on the bus. Yeah. And then you're so driving I'm... to work. And then, you know, Huey Pack is eating the pigeon. <laughs> now that's a bit of an in joke. <laughs> He's eating the pigeon. No comment. The Pac Man is eating a pigeon. No comment. Or, you know, um, a certain somebody, you know, Raven Ray has decided to chow down on, uh, you know, somebody. No comment. The comedy. <laughs> Oh, God, I'm in so much shit. Um, oh, dear. It's a good job. Very few people who listen to this show will know who I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> dear, 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 dear. Uh, and I say it with love. I say it with love. Um, but, you know, you get what I'm saying? I, yes, I do get what you're saying. Um, I would never have re- made reference to those two people in any way, shape, or form. Um, <laughs> Send your hate mail, care of. Oh God! Um, but going back, um, Shona, yeah, you are right. You're right when you're saying in one respect, but you're totally wrong. America, <laughs> you're totally wrong. It's American Werewolf. In fact, I'd say Zombieland is a better comedy horror film than Shaun of the Dead. If I'm honest, ooh, that's controversial. Well, no, it's Zombieland's a great film. Zombie Zombieland has got some absolutely fantastic moments in it. It's got some absolutely fantastic moments. The Bill Murray scenes, <sighs> right? Just we, genius. We're going to cover Zombieland at some point, but let's get back it's, to Cabin in the Woods. Let's try. Right, come on. Let's give me a list. Give me your list. Right. It makes reference to in those in the lift sequences and the different boxes, amongst others. The Evil Dead. Yes. Scooby-Doo. <gasps> oh, yes, you found it. Yes. Hellraiser. Yeah. Friday the 13th. Yeah. Werewolves. Yeah. Ghosts. Yes. Killer Clowns. Yes. The Shining. Yes. Basilisks. As we're going through this, I'm taking off the same one. Yes. <laughs> Killer Unicorns. <laughs> Now, for me, the unicorn death scene is probably my favourite in the film. Oh, my God. I remember watching it for the first time and thinking, why is this such a beautiful creature impaling somebody against the wall? (laughs) (laughs) It's just so... um, Killer ballerinas. Yes. Suspira. Yeah. Um, The the aforementioned Move Man. Yeah. Um, The Japanese horrors. uh, Yeah. I absolutely... The the cutback... To the scene where all the, the school. Japanese schoolgirls yeah, are all yeah. together, you know, getting rid of, uh, is exercising that ghost. Is ju- their brilliant. reaction is brilliant. They turn it into a frog. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? I know, brilliant. I know. But I tell you what, we make mention of cutting back, and the, when you cut back to the other sites around the world, yes, um, like with Buenos Aires, um, yeah. and King Kong has been yeah. defeated, yeah, uh, Stockholm. Now, Stockholm, do you know what film they're making reference to there? Oh, go on, go on, I, go on. John Carpenter's The Thing, yes, is it? It's a deserted base. It's all frozen. It is. It is. You were completely... Yeah. I can't believe I missed that. Yeah. 
Um, and then the the other one then um, was Madrid with Dracula's Castle. Yes, yes. Yeah, I thought that they were. And the thing is, like again, referring back to like the CCTV, um, you know, closing in on you know the monitors and stuff, you te- you tend to not realise the things that you have missed the first time around, and it is one of those films of warrants. Oh, there's that reference. There's that reference. There's that reference, and this is. And this is what that film, the, the, the purpose of that film is to homage everything that's gone before, but pay its respect and do its thing. Now, you said about um, Lovecraft, you know, um, making reference to, you know, the, the elder beings and things yeah. like that. Um, now, without sort of jumping the gun too much, the reveal of the director, I oh, thought it's brilliant. was... It's absolutely brilliant. Was As soon as you heard her voice, it was like... The Angle Sigourney Weaver in this film. Lo and behold, who turns up? Sigourney Weaver. Do you know and who it's was like... originally considered for that role? Go ahead. Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, really? Mm. That would have worked. That would have worked as that well. That would have been brilliant. That would have been yeah. absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Now, now, that might have been sort of too meta. Oh, yeah. I think it would have been a little bit on the nose but then yeah. you know is it too on the nose that they've you know the voiceover when everything is going bad is Sigourney Weaver <laughs> yeah uh, and yeah. then Rip, you know Ripley essentially shows up at the yeah. end now yeah. this is the one thing that I will give this movie absolute props for and that's right I said the word props because I am down with the kids word word <laughs> with their hip pop <laughs> Pop hip. Yeah. You know, I can't wait for my first day back in work where I can actually see how, see how many I can squirm with my yo, 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 what's up? Oh. <laughs> hey, I'm down with you, kids. Hey, <laughs> check out that MC Hammer. Check out those puns. You'd be like Dr. Evil. I'm cool. I'm hip. <laughs> yeah, I can see it now. Oh, oh dear, yeah. Anyway. No, but yeah, like um, I was that, saying about the, the end. end. The end, right? Yeah, yeah. What is the one thing that happens at the end of this film to all characters? They all die. Yeah. Everybody, including everybody on the planet, dies. Yeah, it's been like Rogue One in that respect, then, isn't it? You know, <laughs> <laughs> spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, everybody dies. You know those 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 crazy kids. You know they they've killed mankind. You know yeah. they did they didn't follow the formula. No, they you know they they they've killed everybody off. You know, and it, I got to be honest, game over. I would have put a bullet in the back of his head. I wouldn't have even thought about it. Yeah, yeah. But again, you know, again, she picks again, the gun that... up, tap it, rack it, boom. Yeah, let's have coffee. Can I? Can I go home now? You know. <laughs> <laughs> but and I tell you, I tell you one thing. I did notice about this now. In the opening scene, right? They make mention of uh, Kristen Connolly having an affair with a teacher, uh, like with a lecturer. Yes. And you know, it went a bit south. You know, things weren't right. And yet, throughout the film, she's referred to as the Virgin. She is, and she even has a sort of raised eyebrow in it. And they make reference to it, don't they? They say, "Well, it's just, it's just, you know, we use what we got." Yeah, yeah. And I thought, and it, it was like, well, no, she's obviously got a sex life, had a sex life. So how can she be classed as the Virgin? You yeah. know, 
Yeah. Is it is she pure in other ways? Uh, yeah, yeah. I but mean, you know, it, 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 this is what it, the beauty of the film, and it 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 it, 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 it ticks off those boxes and, and meets I mean, those sure, horror staples and conventions. I am sure when I go back and I, um, I re you know I you know I sort of go back and I look at you know I watch watch it again. There's gonna be stuff in there that I um, that I like. You know that, that yeah. I pick up, and there's going to be more and more things. Um, but this is a. I think it's 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 a good film. I think potentially it could have been a brilliant film, but there's those little niggles for me that sort of uh, yeah. kind of just you know. I think Richard Jenkins, uh, you know, is just superb in this. I think it, his his delivery is. Brilliant! I loved him in Step uh, in Stepsons, uh, Step Brothers. I thought he was brilliant in that. Stepfather, stepson, step. I've only had one cup of coffee today, uh, so I am, you know, and of course, you know, you know, Bradley Whitford, the two together for me, you know, they're a great team. They are a great, great, great team in this. Um, there's, there's one scene involving them that we haven't brought up. Come on, then. Am I on speakerphone? Oh, it's... Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. And it's the guy from the gas station, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What they call him, the harbinger? Yeah, the harbinger. But again, that's a... Br- Do you know what? That is such a clever reference. Because, you know, when you look at, like, all the... You know, when you go back to, like, uh, Friday the 13th, uh, My Bloody Valentine, all of the... <laughs> You know, any slasher film has the harbinger of doom. Yeah, yeah. They have the harbinger of doom, and you know, but, but it, even, even when they told him there's a phone call on line one, and he goes, "Who is it? It's the harbinger." The two of them. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is, and he starts. He starts his monologue, doesn't he? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like, "Am I on speakerphone?" Little <laughs> <laughs> Jenkins. No, 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 no. <laughs> Brilliant man. Um, I was gonna say I, <laughs> I when I was doing my notes as as is my want as everybody yeah. knows by now. Um, I my last note I put on it and I I, I sent you a picture of this didn't I? I timed the date yes. of what I thought who would say about this film. And in, in your defence, I actually put who will not like this film. <laughs> and it's it's clearly evident that you did really you you like this film, which I do I'm, like this film. I do. I think it's got a lot of merits for it. Um, do I think it's do I think it's a brilliant film? It it it, it brushes with greatness at times. Yeah. Um, is it for me? Is it in like my top ten, my top twenty? No. Um. I think I, I, it's something I'll probably go back and watch again. There's a lot of rewatchability on it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, for me, I think this is a good film. I think it's, but I think in terms of like we're kind of summing it, summing it up here, um, I'm going to come in with this one as a 7.5 out of 10. And, right. and I would say that you should rent this one. Yeah. Maybe. I- Maybe if you're a you know you really really you know 
you're you're a horror you're a big horror fan, but you've never seen it. I would say maybe even own it. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I, it, this is I, this is what I say because, as I said earlier, I, I think it, I think it's it's a proper fifty fifty film for some people. They either want they either want the, the scares or they want the funny. Um, yeah. they're not really not some people yeah. don't really want either uh, at the same time. Um, me personally, I I couldn't recommend this film enough to people simply because it it gives you something old, but it does it in a very clever way. Um, and I tell I, <laughs> do you know the one thing that we haven't brought up, which <laughs> which anybody seeing it will <laughs> will know what I'm talking about. The credits. Yes. Talking, talking, talking. Everything is normal. There's no sort of indication this film is going to be a horror film. Then all of a sudden, the cabin in yes. the woods. In big, bold, screaming letters on the screen with yes. the music going in the background. Well, I'll admit I really had art failure the first time I saw the film. I did jump. I did jump. <laughs> but then- oh, my God. And, and, and yeah, and... and I, I I wouldn't go out and buy this film. I don't think personally. I don't think I would. It is just but, so everybody knows. It is streaming on Netflix. Yeah, it is on Netflix at the moment. Um, That's Netflix but, UK. Yeah, it's not net, the rubbish Netflix, basically. <laughs> um, so, so I'm told. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it's um, it's. I think it's. I think it's certainly one of those ones that if it was on telly, I'd have to watch it again. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, I think it's, it's like I said, it's one of those films that if it's on, you can sit down and you can watch it and you can enjoy it and you, you don't have to think too much and you don't have to dig too deep um, because there's something there that you can just watch. I mean, it's even the, one of those films that you could probably have it on in the background, uh, be doing stuff and then come back and sort of, you know, and, and, and it's there, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. So definitely. I've given it a 7.5. Where are you coming in on this one? Um, I'm probably not far off the same if I'm honest. Yeah, I'd probably say about seven point five, eight, eight, perhaps. Yeah, because it's simply because I, 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 I found it hugely enjoyable. I, I really did find it hugely enjoyable, simply because it was it was a refresh. It was a refreshing idea of an old, yeah, of yeah, an old, yeah, yeah. of an old idea, you know. And yeah, I don't know. I, films reinvent themselves in a new way, but it still harks back to you know what may have gone before. And still, it um. It was done in such a clever way. No, and um, yeah, this, it's great. This great. film went down better uh, with with my wife Louise than when we watched The Void. You keep talking about The Void to me. Right, the, I, I'm right, not right. going to watch it too. Right, it gets better. Louise's, you know, her three word review was grounds for divorce. She, she must say that quite often with the crap that you watch. There are, there are certain things she just will not watch. So you know, she, you know, I don't understand it. She's not, you know, not interested in watching Deathstalker three with me. You know, I can't think why. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know. But there we go. Apparently, it's crap. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what, go on. Did she give? Did she give you a three word review of this? No, she didn't. No, she didn't. Uh, she's got the same. I think, very much like me, um, Louise found certain elements of it. You didn't quite sort of hit the mark for her, um, and I think she comes in around about a six, maybe right. a five. 
Yeah. Five. A five. She's harsh, man. She is harsh, bro. <sighs> she she brute off. She bru- she's worse than Monty Smith from the Daily Mirror. <laughs> that is, no, that's a proper geeky reference that nobody will there's probably one other person on the planet who might get that <laughs> anyway, anyway 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 is there anything else my good friend that you wish to add at this point um I'd like season 8 of Game of Thrones now not two years time which is potentially what's going to happen Yes. <laughs> um, because this last season has been phenomenal in fairness. Um, we have potentially got news for the listeners. Yes. And what I may do is yeah. when all the I's, all the T's, all the lowercase J's yes. have been cross-dotted, double-checked. Verified. Verified. Blue-ticked. Um, we might do a little special announcement. Yes. And get it released to the world. Yes, we will. We will. And it's if it comes about, it's going to be hugely exciting. Oh, it's going to come about. It will definitely come about, but we just have to uh, be good boys and hold our tongue for a change. Yes. Which and... I clearly had a problem with on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, let's just, yeah. It's, if it comes about, oh, it's going to be. Good, good, yes. Good. yes. So, yes. as so, always, my brother, thank you very much for being on. It's always a pleasure and never a chore. <laughs> and on that note, I will leave it there. Thank you very much for being on. Cheers, man. Cheers, buddy. And so, as always, I want to say a big thank you to my co-conspirator, my partner in crime, Mr. Leighton Winston. And now, let's dive into... What the Wookiee watched. So, up first, we have got here alone from 2016. Let's check out the trailer. Pack everything up and do it as quickly as possible. Just pack everything right now. It's going to be okay. Since it started, what happened to your family? Don't touch me. Just get everything in the car. I'm so sorry. Hi 
Tuesday die. Most people would kill for this stuff. I mean, this place can only be paradise for so long. You brought us out here for a reason. Like I said, this is Here Alone, and it's a 2016 film, and it was directed by Robert Blackhurst. Um, it was written by David Eberloft. It stars Lucy Walters, uh, Gina Pirasanti, and Adam David Thompson. And the film follows a woman who follow an out- uh, a viral outbreak um, that has turned most of the population into insane cannibals. Um, she's uh, surviving on her own out in the wilderness uh, but she's also coming to terms with um, the loss of her family and I think this is a great film um, I, I, can't, I won't go into too many details because it does give you know it will give a lot away but what I will say is this is a sort of a horror film that sort of deals more about the impact of loss about grief um that about what happens when people make choices in their lives um, and it's very much in the vein of Arnold Schwarzenegger's Maggie um it's very low key it's very real it's very very gritty the characters are very real it's very well acted it's very well directed um it's available on Netflix um and i think this is a bit of a hidden gem um, I think some people may watch it and may sort of, you know, if you're a hardcore gore hound or you like your sort of, you know, more action and those type of this one may bore you, um, but it is well written, it is well directed, it is brilliantly acted. Um, it is a really good film and I really, really enjoyed this and I would recommend I would recommend you to go see this. Um, it's, it's, like I said, it's currently on Netflix, that's Netflix on in the UK. Um, and I would give this one um, a 7 out of 10. So, up next is Clive Barker's Lord of Illusions. Something is watching. Something is listening. Something is coming. How would you like to see the world the way it really is? What's going on here? Detective Harry Damour is walking a path. I want you to help me. Will you take the job, Mr. Damour? Where do I sign up? Between what can be seen. People are dying here. I want to know why. I've heard a name. Somebody they talk about in whispers. Who? Nick's. And what must be feared? Nick's is dead and buried. What the hell is wrong with you people? Haven't you seen enough to know that doesn't matter? Now, 
I don't want him getting in the way. We've always waited too long to have the homecoming spoiled. Every step he takes. The drone. The dark side. Don't like that. Not much. It's your destiny. Accept it. Brings him closer to the truth. He could get into people's heads. Make them see things. Terrible things. See, that's his best trick. No illusions, just the truth. If Mix is back from the dead, then he is some kind of a god. In a world where magic is real, death is the ultimate illusion. I was born to murder the world. Are you ready for my wisdom? It's not real. Come with me, Dalmore. I've got so much power to give you. All you have to do is beg. Clive Barker's Lord of Illusions. This is 1995's Lord of Illusions. Uh, one of the things I love about that trailer is it does really feel like a good mid-90s um, sort of, not quite straight to video, because I think the production uh, values are a little bit higher, but it does have that great sort of mid-90s feel to it. Of course, this is written and directed by Clive Barker. It stars Scott Bakula of Quantum Leap fame, um, Kevin J. O'Connor, Joseph Lattimore, Famig Jensen in a very early role, and Daniel Von Bergen. Now, the story is about um, our detective, Harry DeMore, who stumbles into a world where stage magic crosses the line into real black magic. And he has to deal with a evil satanic cult who are trying to resurrect their long-dead uh, cult leader. Um, overall, I really enjoyed this film. Um, this, um, you know, this sort of... It has that kind of feel of um, possibly made-for-TV, um, but it's sort of... It's a little bit gory. It's got some really ropey early CGI effects in it. Um, I think Scott Bakula does a good job. Um, but it is difficult to see him as the hard-boiled detective, um, and he does slip into that sort of Sam Beckett role, um, and you do half expect to see Al leap up, you know, Dean Stockwell appear at some point. Um, but I enjoyed this film. Um, there's a lot to... Uh, it's, it's a bit creepy at times. Um, there's a lot to take away from it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'd say it's a rental. It's well worth a look once. And uh, I think Daniel Von Bergen is wonderfully over the top as the cult leader, Nix. I think he's absolutely brilliant in this role. Um, and I'd give this a uh, 6.5 out of 10. And next up, we have Stephen King's Needful Things from 1993. Let's check out the trailer.
Castle Rock Entertainment and Stephen King invite you to visit Castle Rock, Maine, a quiet little town whose population has just increased by one. Do you believe in the devil, Father? I guess I have to. You can't have one without the other. What does he look like? What the hell does he look like? May I take this opportunity to welcome you to Castle Rock on the good Lord's behalf? Why not? So where are you from? Ohio. I've been in this business a long time, and I've learned the pleasure of offering my customers what they really need. He came here to destroy us. Oh, you wussy. There have been two murders and an attempted suicide in this quiet little town, and Mr. Leland Garner's at the bottom of it. You are disgusting. I like that in a person. Everybody that's got it coming is going to get it now. The young carpenter from Nazareth? I knew him well. Promising young man. But he died badly. A famine here, a flood there, a little bloodlash, a broken heart. You can't win. I've got God on my side. Now, we know how much I love a good trailer here at the Undead Wookiee, but that is one of my favourites. I absolutely love the use of music in that trailer, and I think um, it perfectly captures the essence of that film. Um, Of course, we are talking Stephen King's Needful Things from 1993. Um, It is directed by Fraser Heston. It is based on Stephen King's book, um, it is, and the screenplay is by W. D. Richer. It stars Max von Sydow, um, Ed Harris, Bonnie uh, Bedelia, Amanda Plummer, J. T. Walsh, William Morgan Shepherd, and Don S. Davis. And what we have here is a devilish stranger sets up shop in the small town of Castle Rock, and inside his store he is selling people's deepest desires. And they always end up paying a little bit more than the asking price. This is a great film. Um, it's got a brilliant cast. Uh, Max von Sydow is on top, top form here. Um, and he, he is an absolute scene stealer. Um, every time he's on screen, he's absolutely fantastic. Um, the fight in this between Amanda Plummer and Valerie Broomfield is an absolute belter um it is it is it's bone crunching and fairly brutal it's brilliant um ed harris is how can i describe his cat his cat is very intense um he's very intense whenever he's on screen uh but he is very very likable um what holds this film back well it's very very similar to lord of illusions it does have that sort of made for tv feel um but i must say i really really like this film um and if you're a stephen king fan i think you need to you you need to own it um for me this is a uh, a 7.5 out of 10 and so we come to the end of another episode um as always ladies and gentlemen 
I would like to say a very, very big thank you. Um, I'm always humbled by uh, your interactions with me online, on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, thank you for watching and for liking and getting involved with the show. I really, really appreciate it. Um, as always, I want to give a big shout out um, to my glamorously gothy gal pal, CL Raven. Um, hope to have you guys on the show very, very soon. Um, my man Blake over at Spivey Point. Guys, again, get yourselves over and follow him on Twitter. He's always interesting. I want to say a big, big, big uh, shout out to my friends over at uh, Retro Movie Geek, to Peter, to Daryl and to Joel. Um Recently, I was able to um, catch up with those guys and uh, take part in uh, a little discussion. Um, I won't say too much about that because uh, obviously that, that that'll be a bit of a surprise in the in the coming months. Um, but again, guys, listen to the show Retro Movie Geek. Um, it's on iTunes, and get yourselves over onto their Facebook page and on their Instagram, and you know follow them because they're an absolute scream um i had you know, i honestly i i there have been a number of occasions where i have nearly wet myself laughing listening to that show um and also um get yourselves over and listen to the horror movie podcast uh where you got jay you got josh Gary, my main man uh, dr shock dr uh, mr dave becker get yourselves over there guys honestly they're fantastic shows listen uh land of the creeps is back up and running, yes, Gregor Mortis has made his long-awaited return. Um, and their first episode has recently aired. Get yourselves over and listen to um, to them. Fantastic show. If you're looking for a blog to listen to and uh, get involved with, get yourselves over to VHS Revival. CJ, my man over there. Um, he, it's well worth a read. It's fantastic. Um, I want to say a big thank you to Jeff and Al over at Cadavercast. As always, uh, I want to thank Al for, um, for well, what's going to be uh, coming up next. Thank you, my man. I really appreciate it. And as always, thank you guys for listening. Um, I couldn't, I, I, you know, I, I really, really love doing this show. And for everybody who gets involved and everybody who listens, um, I want to say thank you. So what's left now is for me to say in the immortal words of Count Dracula. Good night out there, whatever you are. <laughs> <laughs> This is Al from Cadavercast. You've been listening to The Undead Wookiee. The back.